This is the Home Health Revealed podcast. Hear stories from real industry leaders discussing topics affecting the ever-changing industries of home health, hospice, and palliative care. Welcome to the Home Health Revealed podcast. I am your host, Mike Greenlee, and as always, Hannah Vale is right here next to me, chilling like a villain. Yep. How are you, Mike? I just said chilling like a villain. I know. You're it, such a, you're not a millennial. I, I'm just hip, I think. <laughs> yes. All right. We have been counting down to this episode. This one is my favorite, favorite of the year. We did it last year. And did you know, Mike, it was one of our top listened to podcasts last year. So we're going to beat it. You think we're going to beat it? I'm hoping so. I mean, why not? I mean, I don't know. Let's always good, better, best. Good, better, best. Okay. Yeah. So this podcast we are going to go through the stats that we have seen as an RCM company that we think will be useful to you, things that we find fascinating, um, all of the Oasis changes, la di da da top stats for 2023. 2023. Yeah. And we're going to start out with recovery. Okay. And so um, this stat was staggering to me. And when I say staggering, I don't, I just, it's, I hate to see it. I know. It's like bummer staggering. It, it's bummer staggering. Um, but it's with recovery. So we define recovery with um, claims that have been billed, but have not paid, and they're past the 90-day mark. Right, 91 or over. So we took all the customers, um, and the average uh, aging AR, or recovery need, was well over half a million dollars. Yikes. That's significant. Per agency. Per agency. That's right. Half think a of, million. Think of what could be done with that money. That, and, that's what like rips my heart out. Well, and I would tell you, they were, there were several with well over a million. Yeah. And so that, that's, um, you know, that's a problem. It, it really is. And if you've missed the episode that we just did on the line of credit and the advanced funding that we're offering, um, that would, that would really come into play. And that's part of the reason why we went down the road of figuring that out, because as we're trying to help these agencies recover all of these, these claims, we really wanted to be able to offer help immediately. That's right. That's right. So no. go, I, I want to talk about one of the specific scenarios that I'm thinking about where we brought in an agency, smaller agency, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Bring it on. They had a significant amount of their AR over 91 days. And in less than 60 days, we were able to rebuild, call on these claims. We took it line by line. So we laid out all the claims that were past 91 days. Our team went after like little bulldogs. Bulldogs. They're the nicest of bulldogs. They are the ni- yeah. They're like a, uh, what's the meanest dog out there? Like, Is, is it, it a chihuahua? What? Aren't chihuahuas like no. the meanest? Isn't that like a Taco Bell dog? Yeah. No. Yoki, I don't talk No, about. it's like a pit bull. Oh, okay. I thought chihuahuas like were the meanest Like a pit bull would eat a dogs. chihuahua for breakfast. <laughs> and so are you saying our our uh, RCM specialists are like pit bulls? Well, they're not chihuahuas. And, and I don't even know if we should relate them to a dog. I, I know. That's that's an HR that's violation, I'm sure. Yeah, you might want to script that out of here. But okay. no, we'll keep it in. It's fun. I like it. But yeah, they, no, they are they are... You would call them a bulldog is what Mm -hmm. you'd call them. Because they were able to call for this particular client in less than 60 days. We got them $60,000 and that was a really big deal for them. Well, not to toot our own horn, but I'm going to, um, we we're in every scenario, the average DSO, we, we have, we have declined. We've, 
we've reduced, that's what I'm trying to say. De- I don't like the word decline. Decreased. We have decreased or reduced their DSO by 30%. Yep. That's significant. Why is that significant? I'll tell you why. You didn't even ask me. I'm going to tell you. Because number one, that improves cash flow. And cash flow is king in this business. And they've got to get paid for the services they're providing. So anyway, that was a staggering uh, stat. Um, it's very common. And, and so don't let that frustrate you. If, you. if you're in that situation, you have a problem. There's solutions out there for you. You can call us. There's other people that do that as well. Um, but make sure that, uh, you know, if you, if you need recovery, mm-hmm. not only do you, you know, find the right, the right, you know, company to go with, right. That, that, you know, you have a good bond with that you trust, but make sure you get the blueprint of, okay, why did all these claims, you know, take so long to pay and then, and then put a plan in place so that that way you're not never in this situation again. You got to get paid, right? You can't give away free service. There, no one's doing this pro bono. No. No. You got to get paid. So uh, find somebody that, that you like, you trust. Make sure you get the recovery done. Get paid for the services you're providing. And then get that blueprint so you're never in that situation again. Right. And most, most agencies don't come to us with squeaky clean AR. I just want to say that. No. No. So the other area... Um, that I'm, I'm always fascinated by this because we take all the data, which is a lot. Um, and I always like to look at where the top changes coming, coming from on, on a chart, on a Oasis review and what's the impact of those changes. Right. And so, uh, again, uh, the top changes of the Oasis were of course the, uh, M1850, the M, uh, the M1845. And this kind of rounded out with top four uh, is the M2200. Uh, but those are changed roughly over 15 to 16% of the time. On every chart. Every chart. 15 to 16% of the time. That right. actually calculates to be a lot of change. A lot of time spent going back. A lot of ch- time for clinicians to have to make those changes within a chart. Yeah. So one of the things that we do with uh, Velocity is that not only do we track where the changes are coming mm-hmm. from, but then we want to know what's the impact. Right. So yes. if, if no one reviewed those charts or, or whatever the case that this was missed, what would that impact? When I say coding impact, I'm talking about, you know, did it impact outcomes, value based purchasing, PDGM, uh, avoidable events, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so uh, I always like to break the numbers down. It's kind of fun for me. So when I rank all the changes that we've made, right, uh, in 2023, even though we still got some time left here. Uh, even though Christmas is five days away. I know. I mean, it's it's almost over. So this is year-to-date data that we pulled yesterday. That's right. Um, so we rank them. Like, so, so of all the changes, what's the impact and what's the order of the impact? Again, this kind of fascinates me that the, the number one impact, all the changes we made, the, the top one was risk adjustments, followed by value-based purchasing, followed by outcomes, followed by uh, potential avoidable events. Number five and number six were reimbursement and PDGM. And so here's why I bring that up. Uh, well, I'll round it out. Then you have five star, then your process measures. Yeah. But you know, a lot of a lot of agencies look at reimbursement. Mm-hmm. Yep, as number one. As number one, but it's number five. So yeah. think about that. If, if you're looking for someone to, to outsource to or whatever the case may be, um, this tells me that don't just focus on the reimbursement because uh, it's number five. Yeah, and accuracy is actually the most important that we look at. Yeah. So that reimbursement matters. Don't get us wrong. I mean, uh, we see improvements in that area and we track that ROI as well. But if you're just looking at the coding impact and those top ones, risk adjustment, 
VBP, which VBP is going to, that's huge. I mean, we're in the year we're waiting for 2025 countdown is on there, but reimbursement is not number one as we anticipated. Well, and then I'll, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about turnaround time. So here's why I like talking about turnaround time. Hannah is because I, we get asked a lot of times, uh, you know, talk about capacity, right? Yeah. So, you know, we got to be great at managing capacity. If you don't outsource, you know, internally, you've got to be able to manage capacity. So, so how, how, how many, you know, reviewers do you need based off the volume that you have? And so one, one of the questions we always get is, well, how many charts should my reviewers be able to do? Well, so we always calculate this information, this, this stuff. So when I'm talking about turnaround time, what I'm, what I'm really saying is this is how fast your team should be able on average to do a certain type of chart. So I'm gonna go through these numbers. You tell me if you're staggered by any of them. Okay. A coding only chart. Um, average turnaround time, 13.9 hours. I, I think that's really good. That's fantastic. So, so your average turnaround time, you tell everyone 24 hours, we're sitting at 13.9, but that's a great number to sit there and say, okay, if I'm doing this internally, how fast should my team be able to do that? Uh, from when the chart's submitted to them to review. Now it's going to take probably 20 minutes to do the chart, but from when they get the chart to when they turn it around, it should be around less than 15 hours. Yeah. And if you're not, then that means the capacity either of your reviewer and their level of expertise or the volume that they're getting is more than what they can handle. Yeah. There could be a lot of factors, right? But the main thing is to say, okay, if we have a coding chart, that should be turned around in 14 hours, Yeah. right? Or 13.9. That sounds better, right? You know, like when you're buying something. If it's two hundred dollars, but if it's a dollar one hundred ninety nine, that sounds better. Makes you think yeah. psychologically. That's right. It's a lot less now. Coding plus now, basically coding plus. We call it coding plus, but basically it's uh, it's an abbreviated Oasis. Mm-hmm. Um, the average turnaround time for that is um, around. We always say anywhere between 36, 24 to thirty six hours. Um, we're twenty seven hours to turn okay. that around. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and again, you're reviewing some M items and stuff like that. And some of the charts can be a little bit more difficult than others, but, but th- there's that. Now, the third one, Oasis review. Now, this is where you review the Oasis and of course you code the chart. Average turnaround time in the industry is 48 hours. Um, our average turnaround time was 30.75 hours. Wow. I'm impressed with us. Well, this isn't about us, Hannah. I, but I am still really impressed with us. Well, we, we have a good team, but, but again, what I want the agencies, agencies to know is again, from when the clinician submits the chart to their review team, they really should have that turned around. Definitely less than 48 hours, Yeah. but I'm telling you, we've done thousands and thousands and thousands of charts. If our numbers are at 30.75, they should be somewhere around there as well. Yeah. Oasis plus. Now this is another level of service. So this is including the Oasis, the coding and to review the plan of care. Mm-hmm. Now, what's fascinating about this one is this is more work. I know. And uh, our average turnaround time was 29 and a half hours. Should be turned around about 30 hours. So you could take the Oasis and the Oasis Plus and say about 30 hours. Yeah, because they're not that far off. 29.5 and 30.75. Okay, yeah, no, no. I had, that's that 29. I had a lot less in my head. But no, they're very clearly around 30 hours. Yeah. And then the last one is hospice, hospice charts. Our average turnaround time for hospice charts is 12 hours. So basically same day. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Get it so in, again, get it out. Hospice agency or if you're home health and hospice, those charts, again, should be turned around really the same day. Again, it all depends on the volume and how many people you have. But overall, I, I, these numbers are pretty good. I, I like the numbers. We like talking about it. 
um, how you can, as an agency, kind of score yourself against that. But you know what? The question is, do they have a way to track it? I think that's really important because when you're managing capacity, you know, um, one of your hard costs is payroll. Yes. And so you really need to manage. And so we always have conversations with agencies all the time about, okay, if you're doing it internal, cause we do consulting as well. So if they're not looking to outsource, but the, Hey, they want, they want a game plan. We'll help them build a game plan. And part of that game plan is really helping them understand, okay, based off the volume that you have, and we've created calculators for this that I think mm-hmm. are very valuable that of course we'll send to anybody if somebody wants a calculator. Uh, but we created the calculator to say, okay, based off your volume, based off your team, uh, here's what you should be able to do in a day. Here's what your team is doing in a day. So here's your shortfall. So that shortfall tells you, okay, do I need a half a person or do I need another person or two more people or whatever number that is. Um, but that's really, you, you got to manage capacity because, and you got to be able to know uh, based off volume, how fast my team can do these charts. And when I say fast, we don't want them just blowing through the things, right? We want accuracy, but you got to know if you have five reviewers in house, we always say, take the number of charts divided by 21 days. And that's how many charts you need to, to, to get done in a day. Yes. Uh, and then based off that, you've got to look and say, okay, what can my team do in a day? And then based off those numbers, that tells you where you are, your shortfall. Right. And you can do those calculations based on averages, Absolutely. knowing, knowing that you're going to have yep. some outliers, but if you can consistently predict their level of productivity you're going to have a great indication of what they can do each day when you need to add on maybe PRN, when you need to add on a full FTE and you can continue to project that out. So you're never caught with a backlog. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What else you got? Give me, give me the rest of your stats. Well, so a couple more stats. Um, I think this one is another staggering stat. So we're, we're going to go, we're going to switch gears back to revenue cycle management. All right. And I like to pull stats all the time. And some of the stats that I have found in the industry is denials. And so denials is still a big problem. And and a lot of these, um, you know, problems with claims not paying, you know, there's various reasons, um, you know, it could be payer setup. It could be, you know, your EMR setup. It could be your clearinghouse, however that could be. But here, here's, here's what matters of all your denials, 63% of them are collectible, but they're never worked. And so let's say that, uh, let's say, uh, let's just role play here, Anna. Let's say you're an agency. All right. All right. Sure am. You're looking at your AR. You're saying, my gosh, I'm not getting paid. All right. How do you go about assessing and saying, okay, well, okay, I'm not getting paid. I know I'm not getting paid. But how do you figure out the root cause and what do you, where do you go from there? That's a really good question, Michael. Are you about to give me an answer or do you want an answer from me? Well, I, I mean, there's various things that you can look at. I'm not convinced that agencies are being told the right information. Right. And all agencies want to know is what do we need to be doing? Because they'll do it. They just need to be told what, what do we need to be doing? Cause they're not experts in RCM, right? They're, right. they're all about patient care, growing their patient census, right. You know, taking care of their community that a lot of agencies outsource revenue cycle management because it's not about just clicking a button. There's so much to it. It's very hard to do. You got to stay on top of everything. You got to have solid systems and processes, right? Absolutely. Um, but, but the deal is when you look at it, you know, we always talk about everything starts at intake, right? That, there's no change to that. Authorizations is a big, a big problem still today. Uh, it takes a lot of time to do authorizations. Uh, it's not easy, but, but really when you look at denials, just in general, I, I, I've just focused on denials because there's a lot of denials out there. And when I was pulling stats, 63% of those are still collectible, but never worked. I know it's staggering. It really is staggering. Yeah. 
Uh, so uh, again, that, that that's revenue right there. Yep. And right? so what you've what you've said so far on this topic is the best way to prevent denials is by doing it right from the get go on the intake. Because another thing that we know is that once you get to the point where you're getting a code, you're getting a denial, you're going to spend extra time either on the phones, tracking down portal information and becoming an investigator for why these claims haven't denied. So as much as you can get right on having a clean claim from the beginning, that's what you need to do. Yeah. And I, some of the advice I would give, you know, again, not saying that agencies need or should outsource. I think that that decision should be made in the best interest of the agency. Right. But I, I will say this is that if you're searching for answers, it would be in your best interest to con- contact a company outside of your agency to do a thorough investigation or review of your RCM uh, and course of your coding as well to, to say, oh, is my team on par? And if my team's not on par, where are we short? What do we need to be doing different? And uh, there's a lot, again, there's a lot of great companies out there that can help you with that. We're one of those, but there's other companies. Again, um, this is, again, it's a great industry, a lot of great people. Um, and, and some and, of that stuff, that expertise only comes from experience. Well, I just think it's good to get an outside, outside uh, advice from it. Because again, I, I'm not saying people lie, but you know, if you go to, let's say you go to your RCM person and you're asking all these questions, I mean, they could get a little nervous, right? And so they may not tell you everything. I'm not saying they, they wouldn't, but, but maybe they don't know. You know that, exactly. Let's also talk about time constraints. There are only so many hours in a day. And if you have a root cause that's not dealt with and it snowballs, all of a sudden a small problem becomes a really big problem mm-hmm. and it can take time. Yep, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, and again, talking with a lot of agencies, you know, they may have one or two RCM people. Well, the problem is, and we've, we've talked to agencies about this all the time, is they need, they need to be able to go to somebody. Mm-hmm. Because again, they can't be experts at everything. I mean, very few are you know, if they're working within the agency perspective, um, where if they, you know, contact a company like us or, or one of our, our competitors out there, you know, they have RCM people that, that are doing it in different states with different payers and they, they, they do it all day, every day. And so, um, you know, we created the service of just a, a, um, a retainer service, meaning that, you know, they pay us a small little fee each month. And if their RCM team gets stuck, they can just call us and we'll take care of it for them. Yeah. And here's why that's important is because then the RCM person that they have internal can continue to focus on all those claims, right? And get those other claims paid. They don't need to be spending three to four hours on a phone, right? Because that really slows them down. And so there's programs out there that, you know, you should really look into. Um, but, but again, I think when you have an internal RCM team, depending on how that's built out and, and expertise, I will tell you more times than not, there's an RCM person that really needs an advisor on the side because man, you call a payer, typically it's going to take forever to get to them. And then you may be able to ask about, you know, a couple, five claims and how many hours just went by, right? That they could be more productive. Um, and, and so uh, there's really strategic, awesome programs that exist out in the play, out in the marketplace. So if you're an agency and your, your, your RCM person has no one to turn to, you know, really look at, at teaming up with somebody outside of the company to help you in those, those particular areas. I think that's really key. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Sometimes just that extra set of eyes, that ear, that person with experience who says, Hey, have you thought about checking this? That's right. Makes all the difference. 
That's right. So I, I want to close with this. I think the most important thing that every agency needs to do before the end of the year is they need to calculate their DSO, their daily sales outstanding. Um, you know, they can, they can run it several ways. They can run it with just a Medicare, then they can run it with a commercial. They can run it all combined. But the DSO is the lifeblood of your cash flow. The higher your DSO, the less cash flow you have, which means you're leveraged. Um, you can't be leveraged. We see a lot of agencies have been leveraged over 100%, which is not good. Um, and so run your DSO. Once you run your DSO, if that's not where you want it to be, get your team together, come up together and, and look at what are, there's typically two to three payers that are really driving that DSO. So take those two to three payers and then really dive in to, okay, why aren't they paying? What's the reason? And then from there, you can put together a really solid strategic plan to start getting paid in 2024. That was good. I know. And we do have a DSO calculator. If you're looking for something, a free resource on our website, I can even link it in the show notes here just to make it convenient for you. But under the resources tab, there's a DSO calculator. So if you have a quick um, even, you know, estimate on your net patient revenue and what's outstanding on your AR, you can get a quick number, what your DSO is. Basically, I mean, if your number is between 45 and 60. Good. Yeah. But if you are seeing numbers above that 60 mark, you're not getting the cash flow that you need or could have that's going to help you run your agency the most efficiently. Yeah, so again, hey, we're here to help. If you have any questions, again, you don't have to worry about us trying to sell you anything. I mean, we're here. We, you know, the whole reason why we do the podcast is we want to get information out there that we think is, is helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully other people think it's helpful. The other reason why we exist is because if, if you do have questions, we want to be able to help you. We, we, our COO has 29 years of experience in operations. Uh, she has solved a ton of pr problems for agencies uh, to help them get to where they need to be. Uh, we've got a lot of great tools, resources that are available free of charge for you to use. All you got to do is give us a call. Tell us what you need. If you just want to share ideas or strategies, uh, we'd love to yeah. do that. We can, we can create small groups. We can do all kinds of fun things uh, to bring agencies together because ultimately home health and hospice is, is critical to the healthcare system. Right. And, and, you know, Mike, with budget constraints, with changes that are coming, with just the way agencies have had to position themselves, be so adaptable to change, having strategic thinkers within this industry who are willing to sit down, talk through things. Have you thought about this? What if we did this? I feel like at HealthRev, we have a team of people who are just out of the box thinkers willing to say what ifs even if those end up not being the answer, right? Sometimes those different thought schools help you get to an answer you may not have otherwise come up with because you are willing to brainstorm with people who are creative and who say, hey, you know what? We're headed all in the same direction. How can we help each other? How can we think in a way that's unorthodox. Well, yeah, and you got, you know, a lot of agencies are part of their state associations. That's a great resource for you. They really are. Um, and then there's a lot of companies like us and, and you know, uh, other companies out there that are, are love, would love to help. And, and I will tell you this, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, that's where wisdom comes from. I, I've been in, I've been doing sales for like 25, 30 years. I know I look young because I do Botox. Um, Here we go. That's really, I, actually, I go, I go Thursday, you know. Huh. Mark it on your calendar. I know he he has he shoots me like fifty times. I mean, I look like I just been beat up when I come out of there. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. But um, and I don't really know what's going inside my body, but I keep doing it. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, back to what I was saying. Yes. Before I forget, because I got some timers as well. 
is that, um, you know, having a good support staff, having, you know, different perspectives uh, can really help you, you know, design a really solid plan and, and help you get to where you want to be. And so, um, again, we're here to help. We'd love, love to strategize. It's fun. Even it's fun talking about this. It Man, really I love is. It. From I love a solving problems. From a care perspective, how can we continue to create scenarios where these agencies are able to provide the things that they do are so meaningful every day. I just think that it takes a special person with a special calling to be in the home care industry, to be in the hospice industry, in the palliative care industries. And so our goal at HealthRev is to help them do business the best they can so they can do patient care the way that they were meant to. That was beautiful. Thank you. Now, before we go, I got to ask you about your sweater here. You got a bunch of balls tied to your sweater. (laughs) You know what? I mean, are you afraid they're just going to pop off or what? This is actually my mom's sweater from the 80s. I stole it from I was, her closet. I was going to say that's from the 80s or 70s because they don't make shirts like that. They do bedazzle now on your jeans and stuff like that. No, these are hand-sewn little beads on my sweater, and I did steal it from my mom's closet when I was there. I was visiting her. I, I, that that could win the ugly sweater contest, I think. It's not ugly. It's pretty ugly. I actually think it's beautiful. I, I think it's ugly. I'm appalled. You should. I'm insulted. I'm just saying. I'm going to tell her. Well, I think you should take a picture of it and put it part of the podcast and see how many people agree with me that that's a hideous sweater. All right. Challenge accepted. All right. It's a good thing I've got thick skin when I come over here to record these. That's right. We just hired an HR person, so I got to be careful now. I know we do. We're oh, going to have to straighten up. These HR people, I tell you. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you joining this episode of uh, Home Health Revealed podcast. We hope everybody has a great Christmas and a happy new year. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye.